The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This episode of Beyond is brought to you by Gamefly. Do not underestimate the power of PlayStation. Beyond. 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 Shut up, both of you. Beyond. Cool it. All right, I'll turn the car right around. Hey, everybody, welcome to Beyond, episode 516. My name is Max Scoville, and I'm joined by Alana Pierce. Hi. Brian Altano. What's up, young whippersnappers? You said enough. What? <laughs> wow. Sure, you just start. I, I'll catch you. You too. <laughs> yeah, no. Oh, nope. Ooh. And then Marty. I do know a lot about the periodic table. We, we, we weren't recording when you started talking about that. Well, that was a sweet treat for the I prequel. I don't want to talk about the just periodic table. All right, so uh, a whole bunch of stuff to talk about, sort of, I guess. I don't know. I always say that. Sometimes I'm lying. Uh, we got some good stuff, though. Battlefront 2's campaign will be five to seven hours long. You just ruined you ruined the entire story in the intro. Did I? That was it? That was it. That's the story. The, the campaign will be five to seven hours long. Beyond will be five to seven minutes long. Yeah. Uh. Um, but yeah, no, that's, uh, we got that single player trailer last week and there've been some kind of like little bits of, of, of noise about that game. Um, and we should probably talk about this. Uh, Adam Thorrington Jones in our Facebook group says, I'm worried Star Wars Battlefront is going to be extremely unbalanced. This is coming out of this sort of, uh, concerns about microtransactions. There's, people are having some weird worries about this game. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about that a little bit. Well, start off at the top. I think the five to seven hour long thing is great. I yeah. think that's sort of a sweet spot with... In my opinion, with certain campaigns now, that's kind of where Lost Legacy was, and I really like that. You know what else is five to seven hours long? Uh, the, the original, original Star Wars three Star Wars movies, yeah. and uh, those seemed okay. Yeah, right? it's, those were pretty good. I think. I think that length almost guarantees that it won't just have a bunch of boring padding, um, and it should be a pretty strong story. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I was expecting it to be longer than that for really? whatever reason. I was thinking it would be ten to twelve. Yeah. Mm. Really? I don't yeah. know that's, why, but yeah, I don't. I don't. I was about to say I don't know where that expectation came from. You look at the track record. A lot of shooter uh, campaigns at eight to ten. Yeah, probably where I'm getting it from. Yeah, I mean, I feel like a lot of them are also five to six, especially if there's heavy multiplayer there. Uh, I, mean, I mean, you look Titanfall at Titanfall was nine, right? Yeah, was it that long? Yeah, it was shorter than that. But I think if you combine the Battlefield one things, it's probably close mm-hmm. to six. Yeah. No, you look at the like Dice's track record specifically, and they they usually hover around like five to seven. Like that's mm-hmm. about their sweet spot. Um, the exception being. Uh, Battlefield Hardline, which was had the single player developed by Visceral, who yeah. are known for doing more story based stuff. Right. But mm-hmm. I just feel like we spent all of 2015 complaining that 
Battlefront didn't have a single player. And now it does, and we're spending all of 2017 complaining that it's all not long enough. I don't think. Uh, oh, I haven't seen anyone complain about it. Yeah, there, every almost every comment on our rewind theater was a was a backlash about how this game is too short. I think oh. it's. I don't think that's Kinda backlash sucks. about that. I think it's a combined backlash against the weird notion that EA is the worst actual company in America, and then uh, rebound from the visceral news. They last are having week. a huge PR problem right now. For mm-hmm. sure. yeah. um, it's 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 a rough week. If you think about it. I mean, it's a rough year for you. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. But specifically that last week, um, one Star Wars single-player focus game was canceled. And then two days later, we got a story trailer for a new Star Wars single-player game shipping in three and a half weeks that we then found out from previews is only five to seven hours long. And I think that was sort of the chosen one suddenly to do all the heavy lifting for Star Wars single-player for the next forever possibly, right? Uh, so people Plus the idea more. that the multiplayer is unfair because of the microtransaction-heavy stuff. So it's just like this game has is, is got some PR problems going on right yeah. now. And it's uh, going to be tough to break through. But, like, yeah, I'm cool with five- to seven-hour-long campaigns. Um, I really liked Battlef- uh, Battlefield 1, and I played through the entirety of that. And mm-hmm. I really love those campaigns, and I feel like they didn't outstay their welcome. So I think it's going to be a good length. But, like I said, I was expecting more, but I don't feel negative about yeah. that. Yeah, that being said, Tom, our PC editor, got to play the first, like, two hours-ish, mm-hmm. first couple of missions, and they sound awesome. Uh, and it sounds like it's a huge mixture of... Uh, like, there's one mission... I, I totally thought it was going to be there are two ground missions, and then there's a space mission, like, that kind of thing. But he said there's one mission where you're, like, going through the remnants of the exploded Death Star in your TIE fighter, like, dodging everything, and then you dock into a ship, and then it turns into, like... Oh. Going through the ship on foot and shooting awesome. things. And so I'm like, that sounds cool. That sounds yeah. like there's a ton of energy to this. When I played the multiplayer game in 2015, I've talked about this on the show before, but I uh, I, I lost a lot because I would stop and smell the roses and just sort of walk around Jabba's mm. Palace and be like, are those Gamorrean guards behind that door? And all this you don't want to smell Jabba's Palace. That place doesn't smell great. That's true. Um, <laughs> but my team was really let down because I wasn't there supporting them. I was basically just like on a, like tourism. And so I'm excited for the single player campaign because I will take my time walking through the, you know, whatever cantinas there are, whatever space stations there are, and just really like geek out about every little detail, look in the corners at all the weird droids and stuff like that. I love that kind of stuff. Especially you know? yeah. when there'll be a bunch of planets we haven't seen. Like we saw Aiden's like kind of home city that she lived yeah. in, which had those um, red flower petals yeah, that when they fall in the water, they like yeah. just like bleed red. Yeah. And like that mm-hmm. kind of, that kind of stuff's going to be really nice. And also we just saw like straight you, up just Osaka. Like, Pretty much. Yeah. Like Maz Kanata's in the game and you go to Tokadana and you go to her mm-hmm. palace and like that seems cool. Like I want to wander around that place and like poke around and see what kind of weird stuff's going on in the basement. Yeah, I think what's worth noting is that out of the box, this will be three times as big of a game as the first one was. Like that's, it has literally three times as much crap yeah. on every front. Uh, there's no season pass. Uh, and then kind of to counterbalance that, there are a bunch of microtransactions, which people are really worried about. Uh, but I mean, the fact that it's got, um, it's not just dice making this like the first one was. Mm-hmm. It is dice and criterion and motive all working on sort of separate departments. Yep. Uh, and I don't know, they've got more of a framework to come from. Like they're not, like I think the first one was very much rushed out the door to line up with Force Awakens hype. And I think it's interesting also to keep in mind like people's expectations going into this because uh, sort of the state of the state of affairs for Star Wars is in a very different spot than it was in 2015. Mm-hmm. 2015, everyone's like, oh my God, it's back, the Force Awakens. And I was mm-hmm. I like, I watched this with you, Brian, where you were like, Oh my god! I love. I'm getting back into Star Wars. I'm getting excited about Star Wars again. And I think a lot of people are also like, "Where's well, well, no single player in Battlefront? This sucks. I want to play with bots or whatever." Mm-hmm. Right. And but people also bought it anyway because it was the only thing they had. Like, yeah, it's kind of. Different. And by the time that game had been out for a year and they'd kind of burned through all their their DLC and season pass crap, it was a huge game. There was a ton of stuff in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just really, really sucks that wasn't there at launch. Uh, I mean, they had a bunch of heroes and villains, and we'd play heroes and villains mode. It was actually interesting, uh, but that was only if you 
shelled out for the season pass, which... Well, this is the problem with video games right now. Like, is it's it, how do you sell a video game with a AAA budget? How do you, like, how do you do that? There's no answer to it, because if you do it with a season pass, there's backlash. If you do it with loot boxes, there's backlash. You can't raise the price from $60, because no one has ever done that, ever. So what do you do? How do you sell a video game that costs a ton of money? You yep. don't. You cancel it. I mean, right? the Dota model works super well, like having tons and tons of loot boxes, but mostly have them be aesthetic things. Right. Like, I think that works super well. Yeah. And especially because they work on like fostering the community with Dota, like by having a lot of that money go towards the international. Like I think that that's a really good way to do it is mostly cosmetic. I mean, the insane thing is cosmetic things in Dota and Team Fortress have kept the lights on at Valve because mm-hmm. they haven't released a game in seven years. Right. Well, they also have all those games they publish, but... They make a bunch of money off of it. Yeah, I mean, Steam, yeah, but I mean, they don't have to, like, they've done, I'm assuming, 100 R&D mock-ups of single-player games of Half-Life 3 and Portal 3 that never need to see the light of day. So Valve has that sustainability that EA doesn't. And you saw, like, I mean, the day after we recorded last week, the news came that EA decided to shut down Visceral Games and completely pivot on what Amy Hennig's game was going to be, you know, in theory, what we assume is without her mm-hmm. and moving to EA Canada as the development and everything they're saying, they very much don't want a 12-hour single-player game. They need something that has legs over the course of a year or two, and they yeah. want their destiny. Yeah, I want to actually jump ahead and uh, kind of run a show here. Uh, we got an interesting little soundbite from Rockstar uh, talking about GTA V and how that never got single-player DLC. Uh, and they were on record saying that they were planning on doing single-player DLC in 2013. Mm-hmm. And they kind of just talked about it, and they are like, uh, that just didn't that just didn't happen. That didn't work out. They uh, wound up working on GTA Online, which was like I think way more ambitious than anyone expected. Right. Uh, and then also pointing out the fact that the single player component of that game is really three games tied together. Uh, and I think a lot of people were sort of like mad about them of not returning to do single player stuff. But single player stuff also doesn't really keep people around. Like that's and they also the mentioned like Red Dead Redemption Two and how much resources online had. And, and in Rockstar's case, I think that it's like, well, if we had this, then we probably wouldn't have this. Mm-hmm. Like if mm-hmm. we had the single player DLC, then Red Dead Redemption Two would be further away than it already is. So it's like that's just a yeah. I think snowball effect for them. I think I said on Beyond like a year ago. I was like, if you're upset that that Rockstar didn't make single player DLC for GTA Five, like. It's your fault for playing so much multiplayer. Like people pumped so much money into GTA Online that they were like, "Why would we do anything else?" Mm-hmm. You know, like that's kind of it's kind of our own fault for that. But I, I'm really fascinated with the way all of this goes because a couple of years ago we saw the middle tier of the industry fall out almost entirely, and now we have this massive divide between indies and AAA publishers. And there's no right way to sell a game. There's no right price for a game. But I oh, do yeah, know that the sixty dollars. I don't think the $60 thing is working anymore. And I hate to say it because I, I come in like the bearer of bad news, but I think video game the prices of video games haven't gone up in a very, very long time, and I think they need to to sort of offset. And if they do, if they go to 70 or 75 and we see a reduction in uh, microtransactional DLC and non-cosmetic loot box stuff, uh, then I think people might be okay with it. But we're expecting the world for $60 and have been for like 15 years now, and something's got to budge. It's such a hard thing to because, you know, marketing, being the first person to be the one who raises it to 70, like you get torn apart. Oh, and yeah. No, I mean, no marketing team is ever going to be the one to no, do that. No, everyone's got to come together to do it. The, the interesting right. thing about that was that's pretty much what happened at the start of the 360 generation. Yeah. As before that, games were, I mean, disc-based games, because Nintendo was selling games for $85. Uh, disc-based, I keep saying dick-based games. Oh, wow. Games. All right. That, that doesn't sound uh, were fifty dollars, and then the three sixty came out, and pretty much Microsoft was like, "Hey, we're the first ones doing this next gen thing." We're a year before we and before. Uh, I'm just laughing because the whole time in Australia they were a hundred dollars, and you're like, "They were fifty 
Mm-hmm. No, I think 110 in Australia. Yeah, I th- and so and then that ushered in the era of the sixty dollar game, and that was what? Th- well, I think 11? the ninety in Australia now. Yeah. Like even there, it dropped. Yeah, like, I mean, yeah. much everywhere it went Video down. Games but are expensive. Games are getting more expensive to make, but the the only thing that's like going against that is that like EA specifically are earning more money year over year, so they are profitable like dramatically profitable so it's like yeah their stuff is getting more expensive but they're still making more money every year so it's not like they're losing like right. where's I mean, the balance on that well because we don't know exactly how that scales right like if they are making more and more money every year like fist fist overhand or whatever the stupid saying is um Kit how much overhand how much money are they spending on on hours of voice acting or mocap? i mean it's like, true we don't know what the direct profit too. is but i i if well, I guess it's that maybe they're seeing less of a profit margin and that's why microtransactions like that's that's the ideal world. But I feel like it's probably more likely that they're just like, but we can do this right. now with the digital era. Well, it's like if, if Battlefront 2 is seven hours long um, and most people are like either that's OK or they're like, I'm, I'm upset with that. If it was to be 14 hours long, would that A, be enough to satiate people? Would B, people spend more money on it? I don't think they would. Um, or C, uh, how much would that put them in the red? Like how much it money is it going to cost to double the length of the campaign in this game without any expectation to raise the price on something? And it's very odd, right? Like you don't – I don't think that you necessarily should always pay for more. I don't pay more money to see longer movies. You know, Blade Runner was like three hours. It's one of my favorite movies of the year. Same price as seeing something that mm-hmm. is isn't an hour and ten minutes. Uh, so it's just – it's a problem that needs to be solved because our expectations are going up. Um, production values are going up. Resources and costs are going up. Game prices are staying flat and they're making up the money elsewhere. So something's got to get – they're also selling more every year. The games industry or games is the most profitable entertainment medium that's growing yes. every year in yeah. sales. So it's like the whole thing is going up and mm-hmm. it's – I don't know. I, I don't want games to be flooded with microtransactions but at the same time like I think the aesthetic way is the best way to do it and then it's optional and it's not like yeah. forced onto it. I'd say one of, the big, one of the big ways we got hoodwinked in the last few years was when games started going primarily digital and we all said to ourselves like they're getting rid of the trucks and the shipping and the brick and mortar and the employees. Surely the savings will be passed on to us. No, still, still sixty bucks to download something. Yeah. You just don't get a box or a manual with it anymore. Yeah, you just if you don't like it, you can't trade it in. Yeah. yeah. Um, so one thing worth noting is uh, there was an interview that went up with uh, Manveer Hare from uh, bi- former Bioware dev, and he was talking about basically how like how Bioware worked and how EA's kind of interaction with that. And it sounded like he was kind of just going like mouthing off a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. within reason. Yeah. Uh, and one thing I thought was really interesting from this was he was saying how uh, I think it was EA sees more opportunities in open world games to. Uh, to monetize like there's more there's more places to put stuff for either microtransactions or like a multiplayer component Mm and um you know people buy like uh people people are buying like fifteen thousand dollars worth of like mass effect 3 like multiplayer cards there's like like guppies and whales exactly yeah and i mean literally the the most expensive uh microtransaction card you can get in gta online is like the the whale shark card Mm-hmm. Like it, they, that's kind of on the nose there, and people obviously do buy that kind of stuff. What I think is, I think GTA is really just a fascinating example to look at because, uh, yes, there's a li- there's a semi linear story in there. Like there's a story that you you play through a campaign that's what twenty thirty hours or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's also the framework for uh, for multiplayer in there. Like they made a, they built a world and they put a story inside mm-hmm. of it. You look at something like Battlefront; it's uh, a series of maps, and to do a single player, you've got to you've got to kind of carve this this like linear line through it. Mm-hmm. And you look at something like what Visceral was presumably working on. I mean, obviously I haven't, I haven't seen that game, but uh, it sounds like they want to push it into being something more multiplayer uh, and that they want, I think from the ground up, they have to build something that's more like 
this is not a linear experience. I mean, it's it's easy to look at this monetizable. Yeah, it's easy to look at this as the as the divide between just single player and multiplayer, or like just uh, like linear narrative versus uh, something you can throw microtransactions at that doesn't make sense. But I think it's also just trying to uh, you know restructure something from the ground up to be. Uh, more sustainable in the long run. And you look at, again, you look at GTA, and that was a game that was in development for God knows how long, and they also are allowed to take their time. Like, Take-Two has been like, okay, uh, Rockstar, you've been making games that have been uh, the top-selling thing on whatever platform well, for almost 20 years yeah ago. i mean nbd came out just came out before we got in here and gta 5 still in the top 10 yeah. exactly exactly and, and it will be until we die yeah. <laughs> not in minecraft yeah. yeah um and it's i mean th- these are their sandboxes they are they're almost like their their platforms sort of in and of themselves and then you look at something like like battlefront and even even fundamentally just as like star wars as a as a platform you got to have different planets in there. You can't just have like an open world that's yeah. like here's 15 miles to screw around in. It's like, well, what planet? You know? Well, and you would let if you made an open world Tatooine game, you would let people down. Mm-hmm. They'd be like, how come I can't go to Hoth? How exactly. come I can't go to Takadana? But GTA is it really interesting because it is a single player game for the most part, right? Always has been. But in the middle of your 18 hour story playthrough, you can just stop and not answer phone calls and not do missions and just kind of mess around. For a hundred hours, mm-hmm. if you want, most of the videos of people playing GTA Online are not beating missions. It's them just screwing around. The one YouTube video I have of uh, GTA Five Let's Play is me doing the thing where you run really fast at someone and then press the the button to jump. Yeah, and you just flop that. on them. And you just kind of like ragdoll. <laughs> and, yeah, it's that's great. the only Let's Play. That it's I awesome. Have it's awesome, and that's the kind of thing you can do for like a hundred hours in that yeah. game yeah. if you want to. You and know, I'm going to say this right now: there's not going to be anything like that in like the Battlefront single player. No. Like it's going to be fairly like okay, run through this hallway and shoot these guys. And like mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it's I think it's going to be fun. It's going to be Star Wars, but like there's not really. It's it's not the kind of thing you come back to unless you're kind of doing like a score attack type of thing. I mean, I just want an emotional story out of it. That's what I really want out of that campaign. Yeah. And you can yeah. totally deliver that in five to seven hours. Yeah. I totally agree. Hello there. Would you like to save money and play more video games? Well, let me introduce you to our sponsor, Gamefly. Gamefly is the best way to buy and rent all your favorite games at Gamefly.com. You pick your favorite games and have them mailed directly to your door or mailbox. Gamefly is the leading video game rental service with over 9,000 titles to choose from. You can try your favorite games before you buy and keep the games as long as you want with no late fees. So if you're stuck on a boss fight or having a really good time, it's not a big deal. You can cancel at any time, and they also offer movie rentals too. Go to Gamefly.com slash farbeyond and start your free premium 30-day trial today. The premium trial allows you to check out two games and or movies at a time. You can only get this offer, again, by visiting Gamefly.com slash farbeyond. Now go sign up and start playing all your favorite games absolutely free for 30 days right now. So on the subject of big, huge, open sandbox games, can we talk a little bit about Assassin's Creed Origins? Sure. What are we allowed to say? <laughs> that so comes we're, out. Uh, we're recording this uh, two days before the embargo. Yeah. Three days before the embargo. Well, the full review embargo, but at the same time, they said like we're allowed to do review in progress discussions And now. Max and I went to a preview event and mm-hmm. played a couple hours of Which it. I don't think I ever got to talk about. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. Alana has to be mostly quiet because Alana's reviewing it. I just watched you play the game for two hours. hours. Yeah. I yeah. might be able to I say think, I think or maybe yeah. about something. That's and we didn't do any through. story missions. It's mostly just mechanical, and we killed some hippos. Yeah, but you're pretty. You're pretty high level. I don't know what we can say. Really. <laughs> anyway, I can, I can talk about the preview event. We went to the same. Preview yeah, you can talk. About we can talk about what's on screen here because we already published this on the website. Exactly. Yeah. So does that bud? This is. Uh, 
I've gone really back and forth about this a bunch of times because I'm like, uh, Assassin's Creed needs like a full overhaul. And then I sort of checked this out at E3 and I was like, uh, there's a lot of lot of stuff going on here. It's really kind of a ton to take in. Uh, kind of revisiting it, I think that this, I think it's really got something. It mm-hmm. feels like a sort of weird mix of like Witcher 3 and Far Cry and uh, I guess Souls a little bit. I know obviously every game get, gets compared to Souls, but this is the first game in Assassin's Creed ever that's had hitboxes i believe mm-hmm. like they overhauled the combat so now when you hit somebody you're actually hitting somebody it's not this weird like dancing mini game that you'd have to do in the previous ones yeah i want uh, i want more games of dancing mini games though i think they sh- there should be the more dancing. South Park has yeah. a good one of those it's true yeah um but i don't I know i really like the music in the strip club in that side me note. too alana we're talking about song. assassin's Creed. no we're, we're talking about anything. ubisoft <laughs> god damn it that guy not be so <laughs> um no, I mean they made a, they made an open world RPG out of what previously was like it an is open world absolutely an RPG. Yeah, and they said that 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 was sort of their their goal from the get go in terms of uh, level progression. It feels like an RPG in terms of quest structure. It feels like mm-hmm. an RPG. And you look at like his, historically, like no pun intended, uh, Assassin's Creed games are like here is a famous city, and it's like Egypt. I'm like that's not a city, and you're like oh crap, that's right. This is a this is a land. Like yeah. this is a, an entire like area to explore. And I, I, I mean, really... even then, it's it's a lot more than just uh, Egypt, and it deals with a lot of different cultures. Like mm-hmm. I think one of I'm trying so hard to think about what I can say. One of the things I really like about it is that every place that you go to in it uh, feels like a different culture with a different hierarchy and right. a political structure and a social structure. And there's like different facets of racism and different ways that he is treated for being an Egyptian. And it's like there's it's. It's a big game. Well, and you know, like, I mean, Ubisoft has always had sort of a uh, historical rock star team behind it of, like, mm-hmm. you know, trying to do their mm-hmm. research. And with this year, especially even with, uh, what is it, Assassin's Creed Discovery coming out at the beginning of next year that lets you sort of take in the game as a museum. Like, it really does. I've never been to Egypt, but this I, everything about this, when I was like, how do you turn Egypt into an interesting playground? I'm like, oh, I get it now. So, uh, full disclosure, I haven't really screwed with any of the missions in this. <laughs> this is really funny. This gameplay is... A person clearly fighting someone who is way too high yeah. level, and yeah. it's just like, how are you going to do this, buddy? Like, <laughs> this happens. isn't yep. wow. Um, but no, like it's. Uh, I haven't screwed with the missions too much. Like, it's very much like I'm just running around and, and I don't know, like killing hippopotamuses and so forth. But uh, hippopotami, hippopotami. It has a comedy. No, like that's doesn't. Um, it's. I think that I like the side quests more than most open world RPGs. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, multifaceted. That's good to hear. And yeah. have several steps and characters that are more memorable than some games' main campaigns. I think that's good to hear. I mean, that was the thing that reminded me of, of Witcher was was messing with that and just sort of mm-hmm. actually absolutely. Feeling, it's like, um, yeah, it does like, like Witcher. I think they've always put their their like educational foot forward, and I've always said that like uh, it feels like different types of field trips. Like Far Cry feels like one of those ones where they're like. Hey, uh, this is a sort of this is this is what the educational reason that we're here. But really, oh, screw it, just go have fun. And then mm-hmm. Assassin's Creed was like, if you uh, separate yourself from the tour, you will be on in-school suspension and you'll mm-hmm. be in trouble. And it's like that's not fun. Like, let me have fun, right? Uh, and it's good that they're having this whole educational side of things because it's like people do love to dig into the history and everything. Mm-hmm. But I hate when that sort of like that kind of guides the hand of, of how you actually play the game. Yeah. One of my least favorite parts about previous AC games, like I think it was mostly introduced in AC3, was they would um, auto-fail stealth missions and they would also uh, give you a, a direct 
like incentive to do something. So it would be like extra XP or it would just be like a notification to be like, kill this person this way. And I hated that stuff. And like this like does away with that. And I think uh, I've kind of been comparing it a little bit to Phantom Pain in that when you play that, you leave and you have a story about how mm-hmm. you did a certain thing. And mm-hmm. I think like everyone's story is going to be super, super different. And I think that um, Origins is going to be the same as that. Like the the biggest comparisons I've heard from the people who played through it have been Phantom Pain and Witcher. Yeah. And yeah. which is good. That's, that's great. great. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it's uh, from the preview event. Like it does a really good job of. I don't know, a similar thing as uh, Destiny or Shadow of War where everything you do, it feels like you're slowly making progress towards the next thing. Like it's hard to put down because you got this new sword and it powers you up a little bit or you got, you killed a bunch of animals and you skinned them and all of a sudden you have almost enough resources to, you know, upgrade your health or upgrade your strength. Um, And there's always a ton of side quests and missions that you have, you know, currently pending. You're like, oh, I'm, well, I'm 40 yards away to start this thing. And if I do that, maybe I'll get enough XP to level up, which allows me to do this thing um i'm gonna say i don't super agree with that but i don't think i can say why review embargo is uh well that means i win the argument sure yeah (laughs) well alana's rebuttal is embargo (laughs) it is (laughs) thanks alana um no it's i mean i think it's it's can you can you say can you make a face to describe sort of how you're feeling about the game people love i really 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 like podcast cool well that's really really like um good yeah i'm looking forward to it i was i was I mean, I'm usually a Far Cry guy first. I was sort of like nonplussed by the fact that it's set in Montana, but I'm, I think I'm warming up to that, but that's still a ways off. And I think like, I don't know, Egypt is enough of like an interesting place that I want to jump back in. I just, I'm one of those guys who just... It's just, and there's so many places you go to that I just, it's just so rich in culture. Like, it's incredible. Like, you go to a place and you're like, this culture exists. These people worship this God and care about this thing. Wow. This is what drives the city. This is what drives the profits in the city. Mm. This is what the people in this city do in their spare time, and they're all unique in that. And I just think that's so cool. Like and then you kill them all. Yeah, and there's you don't though. You make friends you? with them. Like it's well, I mean, I killed a lot of people in that. Let's play. I, I no, know. if you accidentally kill a civilian, a thing props up that says like, "No, that's not what that. you did." Bayek. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just it's it's a it's a real delight to explore. But the gameplay that we're watching right now, if you're watching the video version, is actually my favorite things in the entire game, which is the um, garrisons where you're just taking out an entire camp full of people. You but mean those the Far Cry outposts, the Far Cry outposts. Yeah. That's what I keep calling them. Yeah. You watched Marty do one of those very very sloppily before. Which oh, I do them really, really fun. I have yeah. been doing them very very slowly. So it's like uh, that's I'm probably not great for a let's play. That's, so that's why I went sloppy. Just really like any any game where you can just mess up a bunch of dudes by releasing animals is great. I think it's good. So I think it's a good mechanic, and I love it. I tried to do that multiple times, but then the animal would just come off to me, and then they would all be loaded to my presence. I was like, I'm gonna go in there. I'm going to free this lion and then I'm going to run away and the lion's going to attack them and then the lion's like and just You're chases like, me the whole time. I'm like, this is not free. what I wanted. Well, I liked it in there. <laughs> for a really long time, I tried to free the animals from the camp so I was like, I'll help you, buddy. And oh, then man. they just kill me and I'm like, damn it. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah we handled that very differently. <laughs> yeah, and that is like, out, This game is out this week, Friday. This it's week. out on Friday. Yeah, yeah, review is up Thursday. Um, we have a stream. It's already up. That will already be up, so the VOD will be up on youtube.com slash IGN, which is also like this weird review in progress thing. So we can talk about stuff that I think it'll be way easier for me to talk about stuff that we're physically seeing instead of talking about the game as a whole. But um, for the most part, I think people should be super excited about it. Are there there any dragons? I did not see any dragons. An alligator is like a river dragon. Some of those alligators are real mean, too. There's one that's white. Yeah, with red eyes. Yeah, they love to do it. They love to like, oh, we in the game or like in real life. In the game. Okay, maybe. they have one of those at the Academy of Sciences and <laughs> also maybe real life. Yeah. 
I've not, never tried to fight it. I don't like that. I know that one. He's he always looks fake, and then yeah. he moves, and then wait, like, what? That's real. There's, there's, a there's, an, al- there's an albino alligator at the uh, oh, cool. sciences, and it's no, it actually sucks. It sucks. Oh, really? It's yeah, awful. Not a fan awful. of him. We hate it's it. Gross. There's no. Old, it looks like a looks big, like he's made a bird. Poop. Do you guys want to leave it like big, a Yelp review? Candle. I would love to Yelp big review that. My Academy of Science is actually directed at your one alligator. Yeah, that'd be great if each famous animal had their own Yelp page, so we can give it like three out of four stars. Like, but it spit in my food. Oh, really? Yeah, it's like a candle. Okay. Anyway, um, he looked. He looked at my wife. Can we review that line they show at the beginning of some movies? Who doesn't have legs? <laughs> They've actually used like that, seven lions over the last century. They keep dying. Oh, they like, retape them. I mean, yeah, because it's been like a hundred years. Yeah. Uh, so Lego Dimensions is canceled forever. That's <laughs> that's it. That's over. Wow. Oh, yeah. just, way to just. I don't know. I'm sorry about it. They don't. Yeah, no, yeah. you're right. Um, yeah, this sucks. Yeah. So they posted this wonderful, just this weird sort of d- d- depressing JPEG. That just said, Warner Brothers Interactive Entertainment, TT Games, and the LEGO Group would like to thank fans for their ongoing support of LEGO Dimensions. After careful consideration, we will not be producing new expansion packs for the game beyond what is now available. We will continue to provide ongoing server and customer support for all LEGO Dimensions packs. Existing packs will continue to work interchangeably and right. will remain available for purchase. So all of the toys to life are officially dead, right? Except for Amiibo? Except, except and, for Amiibo, yeah. But then we still have people trying to do those because we have Starlink coming from Ubisoft, which is, I think, they revealed during their uh, conference. You mean I, no Man's Skylanders? No Man's I Skylanders. I would be very surprised if that actually came out. I would be too, yeah. I think that's yeah. just the most, like, why would you do this in this day and age? Like, that yep. feels very much like Ubisoft doing their usual, like, uh, let's, let's jump on launch titles. Do we have time to do Toys to Life for Switch? No. Oh, all right. Well, it's just yeah. ship for right. you know, yeah. years. It from feels now. like they did a long, a lot of R and D back when it seemed like like what I mentioned in Skyland. Skyland did so well around giants, and it's like mm-hmm. they all tried to dump on that, and it just didn't really work. And and the thing is, like Lego Dimensions games as games, I really, really enjoyed. Right. I hated moving the stuff around. Yeah. I hated oh, having like to be pu- like, and some of those puzzles were really bad. Yeah. The biggest, and, and I'd be like, I have to get up again. Like, just stop. Yeah. Just well, let the, me play the, the game. The biggest <laughs> fu about those game about those toys to life is that the actual packs don't come with instructions. You got to like go online and download PDFs. Or, or sometimes, play the game. It, yeah, it's in the game, which is like. I feel like you really missed the point there because, like, yeah. uh, with Skylanders or with Amiibo or with you know Disney Infinity, rest in peace, God bless. Um, you know, you you had like the toy, and that was it. And yeah. maybe if you didn't have the game, it was fine. Like maybe you'd play it with like a mobile version. But like in this case, it's Lego. You still need to build the toy. Why why would you have to bury it? Like it's just I don't know. I think that yeah. was such a huge swing. Yeah, all of this is very odd because it's like I mean I really like what they what they've done, but the last few years um, post the Lego Movie and Lego Batman, they banked really hard on like dudes in their forties. Like it was like Beetlejuice, A Team, E T, Gremlins. It's true. Like that stuff. That's just like I caught like. I, I'm in my mid-30s. I caught the tail end of that stuff growing up. Like That was sort of right around mm. my era. People like slightly older than me who lived down the street were really being into in, in stuff like that and sort of handed down to me. But it didn't really pay off, right? I think the, the logic there was like a lot of guys in their 40s were connecting with their children playing video games for the first time, and they were going to go to the store and buy all these little kits. Um, I would have rather just gotten a bunch of Lego games rather than like – or a bunch of Lego sets – I don't yeah. ever see the point in connecting them all. Like, yeah. I love the the kits that they've made, right? I love the uh, sort of like in celebration or you know in mourning of the 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 ending of Lego Dimensions. Here, I just built the A Team van at my desk because Jonathan Dornbush had it sitting underneath his desk, and I was like, 
this is a cool kit. This is awesome. I don't ever want to scan this into a video game. Yeah. I have no need mm-hmm. to play this as a video game, but I like this as its own thing. Yeah. So Also, yeah. Lego Dimensions, like, as a video game, the idea that you can have a bunch of different characters from different worlds doing the same thing is a great concept. Yeah, It's just totally. that you have to buy them. And mm-hmm. it was often really obnoxious about it. Like, you would have to get um, the Wicked Witch and it would like if you didn't have her, you'd be like, she is needed to get to this area. Was, but I feel like they always shilled it for the characters who would be the least popular. Yeah. So just remindedly, DLC. it was yeah. physical DLC. It was and a, I honestly think in this case, I would have been more okay with it being micro microtransaction yeah. based. Like in no, this I mean, specific case, it would have been like different character in this you, dumb world. Sure. Look at a game like uh, like Lego Marvel superheroes or Lego you know Lego Batman whatever, where it's got a roster of like 140 people. But mm-hmm. then imagine that like I don't know five of them are the Goonies, and then there's ET and Slimer and like you know Doc Brown and stuff, and it's all these characters who maybe couldn't support an entire game on their own like if lego dimensions had just been that just been lego dimensions and it was a catch-all for all these weird different yeah. ips mashed together yeah you could buy a pack of a different ip without having to go to a store or wait for it right. to be shipped to you and then move it around a surface like i yeah. would have so been really cool. yeah i'm really curious so this is i feel like we have the fewest amount of lego games on the horizon now because this is winding down and then we have lego avengers 2 or lego marvel for three or whatever it's coming mm-hmm. out we're getting a new star wars movie in two months and we have no word on if there's a new lego star wars game. yeah i know we found out about lego force awakens very 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 late right. that was an awesome surprise like i think it was like in august one day yeah but i don't think that's happening this year that's also the weird disconnect between uh lucas and disney and marvel and disney and wb games being the publisher yeah and, yeah uh, and then there's the whole added element of fox owning half the marvel properties so lego marvel heroes 2 looks like it's going to be uh less of a roster than we got with the first game yeah i think they're going to be i asked arthur parsons at d3 like hey yo we're the x-men get those x-men out here and he's so like, you know yeah so this maybe this sucks for marks. this sucks for toys this sucks for Toys to Life games. This sucks for Lego games. It sucks for life. It sucks for Star Wars too, because it's like we're not. There's another on top of the Star Wars stuff from before. Um, it's just it's all not great. I mean, and Amiibo, Amiibo is doing well because I think it's weird because there is no dedicated Amiibo game, right? There's no. I mean, there's like that Animal Crossing Amiibo, whatever that is. It's not great. Uh, but the value of those toys is that they do work across multiple IPs and multiple right. systems and multiple things. Um, they work on 3DS. They work on Wii U and Switch. And you, they work in Breath of the Wild. They work in Mario Kart. Like you can take one toy and apply it to a bunch yeah. of different things and get some value out of it. So also a lot of the times we've ever seen a lot of those figures in toy form exactly. for the first time. That's like a big pot of why it appealed yeah, to me initially. Definitely. Because I mean, where else are you going to get a Waluigi? But this thing, like, if if you can't sell Star Wars toys, Disney toys, and Lego, there's a problem. Mm-hmm. So I don't think Toys to Life is a viable business for anyone, and I don't think we're ever going to see games like well, it again. Well, I think it was also this interesting sort of generational intersection of uh, people older with who have the kids who are like, I love toys. I grew up with toys. Toys are great. And then there's a whole generation of kids who maybe they want to just play games, you know? Mm-hmm. And I don't – I mean, I, I can't speak to that. I don't have kids. I don't know the market research on that. But, like, I don't know. We're seeing – uh, it, Star Wars collecting is weird right now. Like the Star Wars action figures are, are like they've got this weird like NFC chip thing going on with them, and it's like Toys R Us just filed for bankruptcy. Yeah, like, yeah. maybe yeah. it's just not great for toys. The giraffe is sick. Or, yeah, yeah. The giraffe has a cough. That's right, yeah. Yeah. and it takes a long time a, to get a cough out of, out of a giraffe's neck. Man, I was going to go. He's got a very long sore throat. <laughs> um. Anyway, so uh. Yeah. yeah uh, we had an Kieran, interesting question. Oh, yeah. Kieran J. Fricker Goddard said, would you like to see PlayStation do their own take on Amiibo? This is a really interesting thing. Uh, you look at every other Toys to Life thing aside from Amiibo, and they all had a like a pedestal, like whether it was the portal or the Skylanders thing or the, the, the thing you had to plug in, the separate peripheral mm-hmm. to make these things come to life. Whereas Nintendo is like, we just have NFC support on our devices. Right. It's there. It's fine. Uh, so like, let's pretend that, I don't know, PlayStation has like a built-in chip reader or whatever. 
what would that look like? No, it's so hard to imagine for PlayStation. Yeah, like I think it would be really cool to be able to buy like you know amiibo quality toys that look like PlayStation characters that look like you know uh, Ratchet and look like Sly. And I mean, look just like just today, Fun- Funko showed off. They're doing a new, a new line of like, and I'm not crazy about what they're working on, but it's a new line of like sort of blind boxed figurines that are based on a lot of the human or specifically only the human characters in that game. Um, they got dinosaurs too, just not enough of them. Yeah, exactly. So, but they're not, um, they don't really have the, the added value of being something you'd want to display on your shelf and also right. being something that works across multiple games, which I think Amiibo does well. That said, I think there's a, there's a market there for something because in the same way we were talking about Nintendo stuff, we've never seen a lot of these things merchandised in mm-hmm. the scale before. So it'd be cool to see that. Yeah. You know, like I don't have a little Parappa figurine. Like they're like Happy Meal toys and there's yeah. you have to get like obscure stuff from the 90s and like there's a, there's a, you know, a Nathan Drake NECA figure, but there isn't really a ton of stuff in that scale yeah. there isn't like a cute joel and ellie in an awesome pose that, that's like so 12 and you know that. 12 bucks the thing about amiibo and also disney infinity is that they made those lines like even with different characters look like they belong together sure. like yes. disney infinity had a huge struggle where they would be like okay we have to take this character that is like hugely important to this brand it's star wars we can't screw it up they have to approve of it but we also need to give it that blocky look like the rest of our line so when you put it on a table it looks good together yeah i think that would be super hard for playstation I think like getting all of the the vastly different heroes. Like, how do you get like someone like Ellie and then Nathan Drake and then Crash Bandicoot? Look at I mean, the thing is, look at all stars, yeah. right? Like, I think it's exactly. the closest we've ever come to them attempting that. Put Sackboy in there. It's just like it just looks it's just, so yeah, it doesn't different. mesh. Yeah, yeah. Think the thing is, it, really it mashes cool. in it mashes the Smash Brothers. Like somehow they found a way to have uh, Bayonetta and Cloud look normal next to Kirby and Jigglypuff, yeah. um, where it never felt like having Sweet Tooth. In in uh, PlayStation All Stars, you know, next to Jack, next to Rhett, like it all felt weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't well, know if that's because we've been playing Smash Brothers games for twenty years, and we're like, it's an interesting point because, like, you know, Ike is like a completely different character to Bayonetta, but I'm yeah. fine with them being together. Totally, right. I don't, I don't know why, but the fact that the fact that I don't know why means that they've done a damn good job of yeah, totally. Nintendo good. has their their Nintendo's Nintendo, you know, and like I love I love Sony stuff, but they don't have the same like uh, you know iconic brands, like they don't have like the same. You show Parappa side by side with Mario, and to anybody on the street, and you're like, "Which one? Who's who is who?" You know. Mm-hmm. And you look at you look at Nathan Drake. Who's this thug dog? You know? I mean, Crash is like I would consider Crash to be pretty iconic, uh, but at the same time, it's still like Crash Nathan Drake. Like, how do you make yeah. a line out of that? Well, then that's also that's half an Activision thing, anyway. Like, that's mm-hmm. true. You know, like, mm-hmm. wasn't there rumors of getting like an Xbox One version yeah. of Crash Remastered? Yeah. I mean, I just want more PlayStation merchandise in general. I want more toys, action figures, plushies, yeah, like, cool stuff like that. You know, we just don't get enough of it. There's some stuff pop. Pops up on their official store every now and then. Oh, collectors editions like yeah. Last of Us had a good one. I'm sure uh, Part Two will have a good one as well. But like, I, I have a Nathan Drake action figure, which is the NECA one. Oh no, no, it's not. It's uh, a six scale one. That's not the NECA one. Like, it's right. really good, and I really like it. But it's like the only one that I had found. And it's, the statue they did for Horizon is gorgeous. You know, yeah. like that thing's really nice. It's like this big light up dinosaur robot. Yeah, but but it's yeah. still not toys though. You know? Yeah, They're like big statues. It's mm-hmm. give me some toys. Um, all right, so one game I wish did have toys. Uh, just a quick shout-out. Night in the Woods is coming to mobile. Uh, this is out on PSN already. It was supposed to come to Vita at one point. I think that probably got the plug pulled on it. I just finished this game. It's definitely one of my top five games of the year. It's so... Uh, it's really good. It's... I mean, it's totally like a... It's like a walk... It's like a walking simulator platformer, kind of. Mm-hmm. Like, you go around, you talk to people, and it's it's got this kind of adventure game equality to it, but as far as it being, like top to bottom like a game where you have the objective and you don't like die right no um there's places where you can screw up kind of but it's mostly 
it's mostly like an interactive story. It feels very like pop-up bookish, which I love. Uh, it reminds mm-hmm. me of like a very, uh, very real kind of close to home uh, Richard Scary book. Like those, those old like, you know, like Huckle Cat and Lowly Worm and they're hanging yeah. out in this small town. It was like, what do people do all day? I was like, all right, well, what do people do all day in like a depressing like coal mining town? Does it have voice acting? Uh, no, it doesn't, which is nice because you make up the own voices in your head. I, Whoa, feel, I just, feel like we're like just a few months away from this being on PlayStation Plus. Like that's – I keep being re- – I hate doing that. Mm-hmm. I keep being like I'm going to buy this, but this just feels like a PS Plus yeah. game mm-hmm. so hard. So yeah. I hope yeah, that I happens. Think you're right. I think also it's perfect on mobile. I would say for playing it on console, it's like a little bit too long for my taste. I think – I forget how long it took me. I want to say it was – I want to say it was eight hours. I also played over the course of the year basically. Um, but it's – it's got a substantial story. It's got a lot of like I had the dialogue's just great and oh, very it's so real. Good. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. It's, it reminds me of like uh, like Daniel Close, like Ghost World type of stuff. Um, yeah, I've heard that like as opposed to something like Life is Strange, just really does like capture. How, I mean, granted, they're all like cats and animals, but it captures how like teenagers or people in their early twenties mm-hmm. talk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Super cool. Um, yeah. So go check that out uh, either on mobile or on PS4, or whatever. Um, let's talk about some of the big games this week. There are a bunch of them. We talked about. Uh, Assassin's Creed. We're not going to talk about Mario. I want to talk about Mario. Can, he has a hat. I want to. I want to talk about Mario. I want to play Mario. He throws a hat throw at the, the men. Hat. Yeah. He, when he throws the hat, the, he becomes the men. Yeah, he's just, he's like a demon. Yeah. Have we have we done like has anybody done like a thing yet where they're trying to exercise somebody that's just wearing the Mario hat? <laughs> take the power off. of Christ. Just the, yeah, just the exorcist. With Apparently, he doesn't possess them. I mean, this is not n- n- neither here nor there. <laughs> not he captures here them. Right is the official terminology. Still like C A P. You know what my theory is? Is that Mario's been captured for quite a while. That someone threw the hat at Mario uh, in like yeah, mid-80s. Yeah, a really good Reddit thread about that, yeah. about how he took over someone's life. Yeah, That's so that hasn't, it hasn't been Mario the whole gets time. resurrected. It's, it's actually been... curse. It was Luigi put it on oh. him back in Super Mario Any, Bros. Anyway, one game that's coming out this week that is for the PlayStation family of systems is Wolfenstein 2. Uh, Joe Cartwright in the Facebook group says, Beyond, how do you think Wolfenstein will be received critically and commercially? Its release is coinciding with major issues in our country, and Bethesda has claimed their side regarding the Wolfenstein Instagram post. Uh, will killing Nazis in this game feel all too real and draw people away, or people run toward this game now more than ever? That's not a side. <laughs> you know yeah. what? I think that this game is going to sell just as well regardless of the fact that it has Nazis in it. I yeah. think that like people are going to be like, this is a shooter that looks cool, and I think most people will not think about it that hard. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, it's got uh, like aging syphilitic Hitler and robot dogs mm-hmm. that you can ride around on. The first uh, one is great. Like, I'm so excited about yeah. this game. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I can't yeah. wait to play it. I mean, this, this franchise has been doing the same exact thing since its inception. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not to say it's repetitive or boring or out of ideas, but this is the core thesis of that game that has never changed. It is not different this year than it was in 1981 or whatever. The f- uh, and so that's not different now. And right. so that's okay. Um, maybe you're different now. Maybe you like the bad guys. There was more this now. really good thing on uh, our live show at E3 where this is like totally not going to be a completely accurate quote, but Lucy said something along the lines of like, so when you're like, murdering or killing enemies and he was like no 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 what you do is you kill nazis yeah. <laughs> you like corrected her for it and like that's just the best thing ever i love that that's the thesis of wolfenstein is killing nazis yeah right they're very i mean they're very bad there was a <laughs> there was a thing on the internet for a minute there for a minute there was uh godwin's law which is inevitably somebody will compare something to hitler as being the pinnacle of of bad hyperbole like right. this is this is worse than hitler you know and now we're at a point where we're like, oh, well, hold, hold on, hold on a second. So it's so insane that that's a hard thing to say. But it, yeah. uh, basically, to answer the question, um, based on what I played, I assume it'll be received well critically because I 
like absolutely love the tiny demo that I played, mm-hmm. and I love the first one, and I'm really excited about this game. And I think for most people, it won't matter that there are Nazis in it. Yeah. I did an um, interview with the lead writer at Gamescom um, just to look up, you know, IGN, Wolfenstein 2, Gamescom. It's something that I went from being like, I get it, like this is goofy, this is fun, like you get to k- kill robot Nazis and stuff like that, to being like, oh, this game has a ton of heart. Absolutely. This is an interesting did character. Did you play the New Order? Yes. Because yes. that game's yeah. like... Like I, that really resonated with me emotionally, and even yeah. even the preview that I played of the New Order was just like, oh, this is like about a guy who is now crippled, being heavily emasculated, and and being mocked for being not the idea of an American icon, and like this is like it's it's way mm-hmm. deeper. Than we sent we spent a lot think. of the '90s sort of like giving classic games credit for modernizing. Uh, in the way Mario 64 and Ocarina of Time became 3D games for the first time and just really revolutionized what they were to begin with. Um, but I don't think we've really stopped to look at the last few years, uh, especially with stuff like Doom and with right. you know with Wolfenstein to sort of go like, the roots of this game are very simplistic and rudimentary, but to take it and modernize it and give it so much heart yeah. and so much sort of like profound depth and, and wit and spirit um, is something I don't think we... We critically praise enough as we should. I know? love I love what the new one's doing also in that it's uh aesthetically really kind of jerking the wheel it's getting it's like in the 60s now i think yeah. mm-hmm. it's uh very colorful it's in america uh, it yeah. seems yeah it seems like very like uh it, like it's moving things forward it's not just kind of returning to that same like weird like sort of cyberpunk raiders of the lost ark kind of vibe it had going before like the the first one i thought was was cool but it did have a lot of like there's a lot of kind of gray muddied castles and i was like this feels like a modernized version of the last thing we played yeah uh and i think it's really cool how it managed to be like uh, like yeah, you cut you cut holes and stuff with a laser gun. That was kind of like the weird like mechanic. The laser bit. craft work, right? Yeah, yeah the craft. But, but also, you just I'm shot fluent. stuff. <laughs> like that was it was cool. You just shot stuff with guns, and it yeah. was like they got that right. And you don't necessarily need to like screw it up and add a bunch of like. Well, the know. first the first forty five minutes of the last Wolfenstein game feels yeah, so. Like, the last one's the new order. The new one's yeah. the new Colossus. I keep no, screwing yeah. that up. Yeah. I've been calling them the first order. I'd just we just call it one and two. Yeah. But the first forty five <laughs> minutes of the last game feels like the sort of like the derivative spiritual successor sucks, to the one that you'd <laughs> expect. It and it's just it's just this boring, bland, gray military shooter, and then it rips everything wide open and and flips everything upside down. Mm-hmm. There's stealth sequences, there's puzzle sequences. Yep. Like it's yeah, right. it's And also to tie this back into the beginning of the show, like if you want companies to keep making, you know, AAA budget single player games, Bethesda's doing that. Yeah. Bethesda R. has R. Dishonored and Prey and this and yeah. I mean well Doom has multiplayer but we yeah. need to talk about snack still maps. technically a single most of it's single player yeah. yeah and so bethesda is one of those people who are sort of carrying that torch yeah, yeah. I, got, I got some news for you bethesda is not one of those people bethesda is a large company that hires no 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 hillary bethesda. bethesda hillary bethesda of bethesda maryland has been single-handedly hillary making all these bethesda. video that games Good to know. that's why the <laughs> backlash is happening um <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, the emails. Yeah. Um, but no, I think Wolfenstein. It looks. It looks. Uh, it looks psychedelic, which I'm excited about. Like yeah. it looks very colorful and strange. And I like. Uh, I always like that kind of like. Hey, let's uh, check out weird remixed alternate history. But I think when it, if you stay in the same time frame, I mean, this is what uh, I wish Bioshock had gotten a chance to do more of. Yeah. Like it sucks that there are three Bioshock games and two of them are in the same setting. Like the yeah. whole idea of being like, I want to see this crazy remix of this setting, you know. And I think that Wolfenstein, like, I don't <laughs> and know. they did burial at sea as well. They're like, yeah, well. just kept going. Just make a new one. I know it, it's very Raps difficult very cool, to make though. the thing, but um, but the first two games could have been called Burial at Sea. 
Well, yeah, it's effectively especially the, same thing, the right? second one. Yeah, but uh, I mean, Wolfenstein Three. Assuming we get that, I I love the idea of it being like, oh, it's suddenly it's the eighties. Like, here's what, like, I don't know, like what Ray, Ray as Ronald Reagan was the hero the who brought us Reagan back. youth. Like, I mean, I guess it's like a different take on the way they approach Fallout. Like, let's just pick this up, this basic concept of a different history and. Put it in a different time frame mm-hmm. and put it in a different city. Also, we were like talking that. about Fallout in the office. What they got to put set that game somewhere that's not America. Next Fallout just got to be like, what's going on in Asia? Yeah, it'd be that interesting be cool. if they keep making a bunch of Wolfenstein. I'm down with yeah. that. Yeah. and then make one that's like 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 modern and it's like fantastical and there's like Nazis like now. That'd be <laughs> crazy. Yeah, I don't that would know. never happen. No, see, that's the thing. Is that would never. Really, <laughs> I'm super down with Wolfenstein jumping around all over the world. I'm. I think Fallout, much like GTA, is like so sort of weirdly tied to the American dream as a concept that it doesn't work outside of that. I agree. Yeah. Uh, on Fallout, especially like that, it that is exactly what it is rooted in. But I think like they could just be like, well, the whole world was rooted in that same culture yeah. at that point in time. Like they can do whatever they want with it. Maybe like maybe Russia. Like maybe you could maybe do. Yeah. You could also do. I don't know. You could also do Wolfenstein in Russia. Um, yeah. Anyway, some other big stuff coming out this week. There is, and we're not we're not doing this to be goofy like we usually do. We got some some other ones to talk about for that. The Mummy Demastered. Based I'm super on the, excited about this. Me too. Yeah. Hit Tom Cruise from The Mummy. So yeah. that movie was a real sucker. So don't 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 pretend that this game <laughs> is based off that. But this <laughs> the is movie was a sucker. it was a real sucker. But this is uh, Way Forward, who's done just an incredible work on a ton of. Uh, 2D sort of pixel based yeah. uh, platformers and interesting games like the uh, what was Alien Infestation yep they've done a Contra um, game yeah they've done um, they do all the Shantae games yeah. which were super fun um, they did a 2D Blood Rain which mm-hmm. was like 16 bit um, also demastered I don't think that's the best word I think that's like a cute word we throw around like on podcasts I don't think calling anything the mummy is great right now or calling anything demastered is just not a good buy in term um, that said this looks really really the pixel work is so gorgeous if yeah. you see the trailer for this. I yeah, wish that I didn't know it was tied to this movie that I... I don't really don't think... I really thought they were just like, make a mummy game and maybe if the movie does well, we'll sell more copies and it didn't and so I'm gonna. Fine. I haven't seen that movie. I plan to never see that movie. I mean, I fly a lot so I probably will someday. Movie, yeah. You know, that's an totally, airplane totally movie right there. a bunch of yeah. wines and watch <laughs> mummy. Yeah, you're gonna drink a lot of wine and watch yeah. mummy. Um, but I'm gonna pretend this game is a, like a Castlevania game with guns. Yeah. That's how yeah. kind of yeah. how it looks. I mean, it is a Metroidvania, Metroidvania sort of um, non-linear exploration-based 2D pixel platform action game buzzwords, uh, and so I'm super How much excited. They pay for you it. to say that sentence. All those words right there. Yeah, I get paid per word, so like Excellent. probably like eight or nine cents. Good job, <laughs> yeah. nailed it. Do a penny per wow. word. I got a twenty dollar mummy gift card. That's right. <laughs> Find folks at the mummy. All you can, all <laughs> you can do universe. with it is, uh, is watch that film on an airplane. That's right. Twice. It's the only use for the credit. <laughs> yeah. Buy that movie twice. You know how you know how bad you got to screw up to make a movie about mummies that I don't want to see. I have a total yeah. like weird theory about this. Uh, about I this love game. them. My theory was that this started as a Blood Rain 2D sequel, and someone somewhere was like, "Attach this license to it. It's going to be the biggest movie of the year. Universal is making monsters again, and they got a whole cinematic universe. The Wolfman's here, and the Mummy's here, and Frankensteinio. All those boys. <laughs> this can be Frank great. Frankensteinio. I like Italian. how this is like Brian Altano's uh, The Mummy Law Corner. <laughs> And this week we're talking about the Mummy Demastered. It's called the Mummy Unwrapped, and that's the name of my corner. Thank you very much. Find find out what's underneath those old robes and um, tarps. <laughs> uh, another game that came out this week that I got a chance to play for just I, a second. I have to stop talking about the Mummy now. I really want to talk about mummies. I could talk about mummies for like forty five minutes. This is called Air of Mummies little, of the Old. A little bit tuckered out after Let's that. Let's do it later on. We'll get we'll hang out. We'll get you know talk about. The, yeah, you guys are allowed to talk outside this room. I spent like eighty five dollars on mummy toys this year. They're it's great. people plus toilet paper. You can't go wrong. Yeah, it's great. It's very cheap. And costumes. treasures. You, if you want to really kick it up a notch, you could get gauze. That's hey, right. You know what else has mummies? Assassin's Creed Origins. What? What? No, how does that not embargo? Do, they, do you fight him? 
Anyway, another game that came out this week is called Air Memories of Old. Um, I checked this out this morning. It's uh, it's indie game. Basically, it's to be to be reductive and just compare it to things that are you know everyone has a frame of reference for. It feels like a cross between Journey and Skyward Sword, but there's no combat. Um, basically. Yeah, so it's very low poly, colorful aesthetic. Uh, it's you've got these these uh, sort of I don't know like these tablets you've scarves? got to go around and read. Oh. You, there's no scarves. You do turn into a bird though. Ooh. You can transform into a bird. You fly around these basically these floating islands, and you're supposed to just kind of go around and talk to people and explore it. It's like uh, that's what kind of hooked me was that this is just sort of exploration based. So if you could have sort of almost like a I don't know like an open world journey type game mm-hmm. that's out that there. Cool. Uh, I feel it's so spelled, bad. It's spelled A E R, right? A E R. Yeah. Okay, or, um, I yeah, feel yeah, or, I feel so bad for this game coming out this week. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's who would who could have known though that there were these games. Who would have known? Yeah, yeah they just all? don't advertise it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, on the other hand, here, now I said that we would not be talking about some of the some of the games as goofs, but here's the one we're going to be goofing about: Stunt Kite Masters PSVR. Fly the kite, master the stunts. Kite the VR. I wrote that part. That's not oh, okay. really there. Oh, damn. That's not... No, no one ever said kite the VR. Oh, I really wanted that, though. So, you really put anything in there, and Max yeah, will read it. I, w- I will. That's true. Um, but no, it's... I'm Ron Burgundy. Hey, man, they, named, they, they, they put out a game about, about kites. Like, There's also a new yeah. fishing game on PSVR, I think, this week. Oh, yeah, that's called like Fishing Master. There's also fishing a hunting, Master VR. hunting one or whatever. Yeah. I would actually really like a, just an enjoyable, regular, non-stunted kite game where you could just kind of be on the beach after like a hard breakup and just fly that kite up in the air. You could put that's a box good. fan That seems like such a sad thing to do after a breakup. I think it'd be great. You put a box fan in, underneath your TV and you sit there and you just fly that kite up there and with a VR hat on and just... That sounds all right. Yeah. 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 So anyway, this leads to a good question. Anyway, you okay? Uh, No, I'm great. Yeah, I'm talking for other people that need that. (laughs) Uh, Like a therapy kite. God. Uh, Glenn Paul. I'm allowed to bring this into the restaurant. This is my therapy kite. (laughs) You cannot fly it in here, sir. This is the Olive Garden. No, no, no. I have my therapy kite. You bring it on an airplane and fly it and put it out the window. (laughs) I don't think they do that. Don't do that. you can run up and down the aisles, though, and if anyone gives you trouble, say that you let the baby on the plane. Let me fly my kite. Uh, Glenn Paul Gledhill says, what innovation slash changes would you like to see out of a potential revision to the PSVR that ideally wouldn't phase out the old models? This is a good question. Oh, man. Yeah. It wouldn't phase out the old models? Right. That's the I really part. feel like you can't modularize like, the old models. Yeah. Like, we want wireless. We, I mean, we're getting the easy uh, uh, HDR pass-through yep. for, um, you know, if you have a PS4 Pro, but that in theory, phases. Brian can't fix his. You can't fix nope. yours for that. Um. Um, I'd love to see, and this is sort of like we're getting with the with the updated version that where the, the headphones are sort of baked into the actual yeah. device. I'd love it if they just put out some kind of like uh, like a special clip or something, or like some some kind of little little doohickey you can make so the headphones don't just get ripped out of your ears constantly yeah. by moving your arms about. Like a yeah, I know I, that, I have Oculus at home, and I like that the most yeah, about Oculus I, is I, that it has it built on. I hate those little dog ears on the Oculus. I know you can use other ones too. I really wish yeah, someone, you can clip other ones on. Oh, yeah, those are good. I wish someone would make a VR system that you could see through. So like you could hit a button and be like, I'm not blind anymore. Huh. Like imagine just being able to be like, yeah, it would need to be a camera. Yeah. Um, and I mean, the Vive is kind of close for that and that it maps out. It's the closest kind thing of, but yeah, yeah I, I, I feel like that wouldn't be that hard. They have that but, with uh, Google Glass or something. Google, like some something, some do it. No, it was the Samsung Gear because it's just a phone and it yeah. has a front and back facing yeah. camera. Right. And it's kind of nice to be like, hey, when you're not in the middle of this game, like here's what the world around you looks like. It's 
weird and garbled and it's a screen in front of your face, but yeah. you can still see where you are. Um, and then obviously we need an update for the controllers, which have been around since 2010. That's the most important thing for me, I think. It's like the move controllers are so outdated and even back with iToy, they weren't very good and it's they're still not very good and nope. still make a lot of games janky and they kind of make adventure games in PSVR hard to play. So It is so weird to sit down and put this futuristic, incredible, revolutionary headset on and then pull out these controllers from literally seven years ago or yeah. six years ago. Like, it just feels so weird to me. It'd be like making a PSVR game where you have to pull out your Wonder Book. Yeah. You know. yeah. Or like you have like a flying car, but the tires are square. Yeah. <laughs> or, if you have this, or if you have a kite game that doesn't come with the fan for you to be able to that, play that it. That would be ridiculous. ridiculous. Yeah, to be able for you to go through your divorce. The nerve of these people. Uh, there's one game I'm dying to check out. I just haven't had a chance to jump into it called uh, Megaton Rainfall, I think. I think this is called. Might be mixed up with Yeah, Project it's where you're like a superhero. Rain. Megaton yeah, Rainfall. Yeah. Uh, someone described it as it's like your Goku fighting Earth Defense Force aliens, otherwise known as just large bugs. But uh, that sounds like fun. That sounds mm-hmm. like a good time. I'm, I'll go check that out. But uh, uh, yeah, that's uh, people are saying that's a, that's a fun time with games. Um, what did I, did I screw on something in VR recently? I feel like I did. Was it the kite? Was it? Uh, oh yeah, that's okay. We talked about this. There's a huge, there's a huge sale on on VR games. And right. I jumped on there. I think I dropped twenty bucks and walked away with like six games or something, which is cool. Some of them are super cheap. Uh, I finally checked out the um, the uh, what is it? PlayStation Worlds VR, whatever, mm-hmm. which was mm-hmm. effectively the pack in. If you uh, if you never jumped on this, you can grab it for like six bucks. It's awesome. It's probably the, the highest quality VR stuff that the PSVR mm-hmm. has for it. Uh, it sucks that they were selling that for like. I don't know, whatever full price was when it came out. Seems really weird that that wasn't just yeah. there. Yeah. That like Wii the, Sports. Yeah. If you like a demo, it's like... Does that have the kitchen in it? No, it no. doesn't, because that was a preview for Resident Evil 7. Yeah, I'm not sure if that specific demo ever came out where the old lady puts the knife in your face. Where is that was, then? Because I, I played... it's free. I played that somewhere at launch. I thought I think it, it was World. kitchen in it. I think... Because I think it's all... Sony published stuff. It's like that. Mm. It's the Getaway London thing. Um, Getaway's in it. The oh. Deep Sea. Yep. Shark, shark lovers. Yep. That yeah. London Heist thing... Um, I, I'm not really big on the John Wick movies, but if they make a third one, they should throw some money at that team and just be like, hey, uh, this is this is the John Wick VR experience. Well, well there's they one of those. Yeah, that was pretty bad. They already made that. It's apparently like, I think they threw money at Crytek or something. It's pretty bad. Well, I had to play right. it once. Play I had to play it. Is, that's right. I had to play it once at PAX and they made me not have my glasses and I just couldn't see anything. Yeah. And so I'm like, well, this isn't going to go well. Oh. It was just not great anyway. What if that was what John Wick 3 was like, where he lost his contacts? The whole movie's blurry because yeah. it's in first person. Yeah. First they took my dog, then my house, then my contacts. There it is. All right. Um, so Halloween is next week. The spookiest time of the year. Yeah. So we figured we could talk about the best spooky game of 2017. Let us discuss amongst ourselves. I think it is Resident Evil 7. Yep. Hands down. Yeah, nice well, having you well, guys. me too. You All right. Bye. Yeah, that's uh, but I really love Friday the 13th, too. Yeah, you're the only one of us who's played a bunch of that, right? We played some Friday. We did. 13. Yeah. I don't know why I stopped in the middle of that. Some Friday. <laughs> that's not how you pronounce a call. Uh, we're good buds, so that's what I call it colloquially. Yeah, Friday and I hang out regularly. Me and Fry Fry, we hanging out. We're cool. Uh, yeah, I, I liked how silly that game was. I know there's a lot of problems with like uh, it not getting patched or whatever and having like a bunch of problems with like DLC or, or you know, like yeah, cosmetic server stuff. server issues, and, but I love Friday I, the 13th. I like that it's just, it's fundamentally janky, just like the Friday the 13th movies are. Mm-hmm. Like it felt almost kind of true to form that like, it would have these like goofy animations and things were just kind of the game wacky. feels like it takes place in a low budget horror movie set mm-hmm. which I, I did. mean it absolutely looks like Camp Crystal Lake yeah. and you know the thing that I love about it is is the idea that you as a survivor are just basically screwed and so anytime that you win against Jason it's just so satisfying mm-hmm. like if you haven't played this game it's basically like you 
have to survive generally by escaping or going through this elaborate series of item pickups that will actually actually let you kill Jason, but it's super unlikely. And yeah. um, like, there's one thing you can do to make a character spawn who Jason can't see on his map when he like sinks to try and find. He can teleport. That's because someone thing stole too. his contacts, like John Wick. Someone stole, yeah, yeah that's, that's exactly why. And you have to try and find walkie talkies in this campsite to talk to other campers to be like, hey, uh, I found the car keys. Do you know where the fuel is? And then someone else has to be like, we're going to the red car at this location to try and get out. And then you have to try and escape or call the cops. And it's just like, it's very difficult and requires a ton of teamwork. And yeah. being Jason is super fun, but uh, playing with a group of friends, I think is the most. Fun. Yeah, I was going to say, I think there's like a role play element to yeah, it that, yeah. that really works in its favor. And when you play with like quiet people or you play with people who aren't really into it. You have it, to be able to talk like, to each other. Yeah, like you have to be scared teens screaming at each other. Yeah. Like that's what makes it really fun well it's also it's very faithful adaptation in that yeah everyone loses like it's kind of unbalanced but that's the point you know mm-hmm. like, oh absolutely it feels yeah. like a horror movie like it really like does like until dawn levels of a horror movie. movie yeah, I love yeah. That. and the one time that i like was the only person to get away was because uh jason was holding someone up in front of the car that i was driving and like about to choke them and i was like okay well i'll just try and drive around it and i right. guess that i hit them they died so it was like my i just ran over someone by the fact of him holding it in front of me and his logic was like if i hold this in front of you you won't drive through and i was like not doing it and then just drove out of the park <laughs> and he was like well i'm sorry but i won <laughs> i love it um resident evil 7 bio uh, yeah. resident evil 7 biohazard uh yeah this is first two-thirds of that game i think it's yeah. yeah yeah i still think that if you gave me a piece of paper that i could draw the first two houses of that game perfectly mm. i think that yeah. the design is so good and so memorable like it's right up until the boat and the salt mine stuff at the end. It's just such a good game. I totally yeah. agree. I think like it falls apart at the end because of the a big issue is level design towards the end and the lack of enemy variety. But you're totally right in that the beginning of this game or the the first two thirds of this game feel very real, and that's stupid to say about a game with nightmare mud people in it. But the way the house is designed feels like yeah. a real mm-hmm. house. It is a tangible, lived-in space that is terrifying. It feels like walking into a house in the middle of the woods, which is what the game's about. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in terms of the PSVR integration, it's hands down one of the most incredible video game experiences I've ever had, and I couldn't even stay in there long because yeah. I was a huge, wimpy yeah, baby I boy. I can't do that. It's also yeah. like some of the boss fights in it are just like already feel iconic like the yeah. the one in the garage is just awesome mm-hmm. and yeah I wish it's, there it's was a just game. a version of this that wasn't too scary for me <laughs> actually how like, much of it did you play not like a little bit this part is scary this is very and scary. then after this it gets like it gets okay game. yeah it, it gets I'll, way more video yeah. gaming um, I'll jump back into there it, are but... chase sequences but like once you get past the start of it is horror game yeah, yeah. then it is resident evil See, that's also what, if you that's if what... you upgrade your personal settings to not be a big chicken wimpy baby <laughs> <laughs> How do you upgrade personal settings? Is you that a microtransaction? You got to do you the flex in the mirror every day, every get a, morning. Get a bravery loot box. Surprise <laughs> yourself. Look in the right. mirror and go, ooh, until you jump. And then <laughs> when it, you stop. If I dress like a ghost when I play the game, will it be less frightening? That's very – why would you look in that pot if there's a, a cockroach in there? It's disgusting. It'll scare the people well, you live with if they come really home and game. see a ghost. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's the trick. Max, you, you did play a good scary game. You played Little Nightmares. Yeah, that's not scary at all. I clearly I'm a big wussy baby. No, it's, I it's, think that game is like, it's like I, I think, I, I think the, the last boss fight of that game was super oh, yeah. creepy. That game is uh it feels like being scared of stuff when you're a kid. Yeah. Like it feels yeah. like in the same way that old like I don't know, you you watch like a weird old Spirited Away. Yeah, 80s kids movie or something. It's got a lot of Spirited Away in it, but almost like there's a there's a stop motion Alice in Wonderland movie that was made by some insane Swedish woman a million years ago and it's horrifying it's really really awful and it's on youtube you should go check it out but it's that same kind of like i don't quite know what i'm looking at and this is unsettling because i mean of it. little nightmares is disgusting 
Oh, yeah. Like, in a way that's just, like, a lot of the things you come across are repulsive, and the things that you do in that game mm-hmm. are disgusting. And it's, like, I think that makes it a horror game. I also love that it's not... I think it's... I think it's T-rated. Like, I, th- I they don't actually... As opposed to something like Inside or Limbo, so. uh, which... You're like, oh, here's the little boy. Oh, he got his head cut off, and we showed the guts. Yeah, it's not that gory. It was like that was jarring the first few times. Then after a certain point, like it's like, okay, well, you killed a child. That's awful. But in in Little Nightmares, it's uh, it's so you just kind of get yanked, right? You'll like, get they just like, pick you up. Yeah, you'll get like eaten by these people, but they just look like big cookie men. Like and they, they don't. Look, they I don't think like, they show you being eaten. They just look like Mary McCheese or something. Like they just come up and they're like, they really I want this just to be McDonald's Playland. They are really gross. Yeah, they're very very creepy. Um, um, we, yeah, we also had Outlast 2 earlier this year, and I played about half of that, and yes, that game is scary, but I didn't particularly like it, mm. and I think it's because it feels really disjointed. Mm. And it's also like, I, the, the best thing I think about Resident Evil games and Resident Evil 7 is that you, every now and then you have a, a comfort space, you have a place that is safe, and then you leave that space, but you know that you can go back to it. And I think that that like, really makes everything else you do terrifying, whereas Outlast is just constant terror. And like at a certain point when you don't have anything to ground you, it's like hard to frame that, I think. And like that, I, I feel the same way about PT. When you get to the door, you have a second of comfort. Like you're like, I'm opening the door. I'm OK for a second. Like I know that I'm OK in this second. Like it's usually until I get to that end corner, I will be OK. And I, I, I think that Outlast 2 not having that really bothered me. I just always felt on edge. Mm-hmm. Never had anything to bring me back. I liked going into the safe rooms in uh, in Resident Evil Seven because even when like a mud monster was coming to the door, you, you just close it and they'd be like, "Bye," and they'd be like, "All right, yeah, cute fine. guitar music." I'll give you some time. It's it's all right. They yep. never take that away from you mm-hmm. either. Um, another game that came out this year was uh, Observer, which kind of went under some people's that. radar. This is this weird first person uh, cyberpunk horror game. You play as Rutger Hauer. Uh, oh, I saw you play that, That's and right. it's really um, it's. It's it's like sci-fi horror, so it's kind of interesting because you're it's immediately unfamiliar because you're in this like weird distant future. Uh, the attention to detail in terms of like like technology and and just the aesthetic is so good, like so on point. And then it turns into like this kind of like I don't know, like it's it's like horror stuff. And I'm like I almost wish it wasn't horror because it's like, but it, you already got this cool world I want to explore. And then there's all this scary things happening. Basically, the whole premise is like, what if people could hack into your brain? Uh, and it's, uh, you know what? I think I did a let's play of this once. Yeah, it's. I think I did a house Gary's. It's definitely creepy. Um, yeah, and it just gets all over the place. So that's worth checking out. I d- didn't finish it because again, I'm a, a big baby. Did we <laughs> skip over Evil Within too? Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. We talked about the last couple of weeks. Uh, I, I I haven't got to play enough of it yet. Like I really like what I played so far. And I have every intention of finishing yeah. that game. Same. Next yeah. week. Um, I've played quite a lot of it, and I like it so much more than the first one, which I think I've spoken about on the show before. I didn't like that much because I didn't like the level design. I feel like this is a lot more easy to to map out, and um, it's smarter story as well. I think it's just like kind of less nonsensical like it makes slightly yeah. more sense and the characters are kind of more relatable like i think it's just more grounded in general and i'm very very intrigued by everything that's and happening. we have a let's play that on our youtube channel we do yeah that is on youtube.com slash i had an interesting thing happen with this game where i got like five or six hours in and then uh i got south park and then i went in just a completely different direction <laughs> well with i've my been video playing the two of those at the same time that's and it weird. is such a good mix like <laughs> because like they're, they're the complete opposite of each other yeah, like, no, in almost totally. every way and like in i almost love that every about way. it that's so good to play hand in hand yep I like that. It's like a it's good like, palate cleanser of each it's other. It's like jumping between the pool and the hot tub. You kind of like, yeah, you get a yeah. good balance going. It works really well. 
Uh, now, finally, Hellblade mm-hmm. was. Uh, it's not quite a horror game exactly. <sighs> it has some some psychological horror elements to it. Yeah. It's still one of my favorite games of this year. Um, so I haven't played that. I put that on the list because uh, it came up as like best horror games of, of this year when I was like searching for all the ones that came out this year. Yeah, I mean, it, I did not know it, it deals with some like legitimately scary topics, and right. the game is so gorgeous and puts you in these. Uh, I mean, you're going through like the Norse underworld, and so you're mm-hmm. experiencing all these terrifying, surreal, magical realism things. Uh, and going through this game, like you have the, the whole things your character is schizophrenic and she has these voices in her head and playing it with surround sound like the sound design in this game is so incredible and the way the voices in your head are second guessing your actions and sort of mm. mocking you about your past and you had yeah. a mental health thing i didn't know it was schizophrenia yeah that'll be really interesting yeah um it's, it's definitely one of those games it's it's way different than anything else that's ever been made and and i know max you weren't as high as i was on it but i totally think this is a game that flew so under people's radars and, it wasn't and really marketed it, no yeah it, it fell in a very strange spot i feel like in I feel like it could have been improved by being more more walking simulator, less video game. Mm-hmm. But I think it's what's worth noting is is I think that it's a very sort of personal, emotional game masquerading as something more familiar and video gamey. And you can almost kind of acknowledge that by the fact that it's called Hellblade. Senua's True. sacrifice. Like yeah. they kind of had to hide the 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 touchy feely part behind something that sounds like a cool sword. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's. It's got some really, really cool parts to it. I love that there's a bit in there where they basically make a mechanic out of that feeling of walking through the dark and thinking something's behind you. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I can't even remember if you're actually being followed or not, mm-hmm. or if it's just sort of like makes it's just like get to the light, get to the light, get to the yeah, light. And I thought, like, and you're creeping through darkness to just kind of get to that like you know top of the basement stairs kind of feeling. Right. I think it's also I, arguably the best, uh, the two of the best performances of the year. Yeah, uh, just in terms of acting and voice acting and mocap and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it was gorgeous um, and really original and I really high concept and just brilliant in the way it tackles a lot of the themes. But I just thought actually playing it felt a little too video gamey. Like there were multiple areas in a row where you walk into this really interesting, really gorgeous, really haunting environment and you spend 15 or 20 minutes lining up light puzzles. And I'm like, well, that feels like a waste of space, mm-hmm. you know, Uh but I'm glad it exists. I hope we get to see more things like it. Um, mm-hmm. It's six or seven hours long, right? Maybe even mm-hmm. shorter. Mm-hmm. So that it's something you can totally rent and fly through if you're looking for something cool to play through uh, before Halloween or for any time through the rest of the year. Or Old Sam Hain. Really play that. whatever you want. It's no restrictions. Yeah, really. Yeah. No, it has it to give you. A, it has to give you one scare though. Oh. Uh, Legally, something gotcha. you play has to give you a scare. All right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, those are our favorite spooky games. Uh, let us know what you think the spookiest game of the year 2017 is. Mm-hmm. I don't care how you let us know. You can just shout it in the air. You can comment, tweet, whatever. Uh, also, in addition to Halloween next week, a big thing is Paris Games Week, yeah. which undoubtedly will have a bunch of stuff from Sony there. Uh, they're going to probably announce things, show things off, stuff We're we haven't seen. We're expecting a pretty big conference. So mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. What, what's, our, what's our coverage plan for that? Uh, it's the conference is uh, next week, uh, Monday morning, Monday the 30th. It is, uh, the conference starts at 8 a.m. PT, so 8 a.m. Pacific time, and then uh, we're going to have a pre-show at 7.30, uh, and then a post-show, and then beyond that day, we'll be, we'll, we'll be seeing some stuff, playing some stuff, so um, we'll probably record beyond a little bit late that day, so we have a chance to go hands-on with that stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, but uh, I don't know. I'm excited. I'm, I'm hoping we see a lot from Sony, some of the European studios. Uh, like, you know, we haven't got a deep look at Horizon uh, Frozen Wilds yet. Right. Um, I want Dreams, I, Wild, Last of Us Part 2. I want Dreams, I want dreams and Wild to come back. Dreams, Wild, Last dreams, of Us. Dreams, Wild. Yeah. Uh, I was yeah. Like, Is that one, one whole title? Oh, some more uh, Detroit. Um, maybe some more stuff on, you know, Spider-Man, God of War. Sony has a ton of stuff they could show off. And that's I not know, even but a, they also have two... 
two big events through the rest of the year. Yeah. So and we have PSX yeah. in another two months, so we're in a month yeah. and a half. So yeah, cool. I'm excited. Cool. It's it's I love that we're at that point where we're like, oh, the games we've been excited about for 18 months are finally out, and we get to play. And they're like, we've got new games. We're like, oh, what now? Go on, yeah. get out of here, old games. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's uh, our plan for Paris Games Week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, we just we're gonna be doing we're gonna be doing a lot more stuff. Lately, just because there's games to come out to play yeah. and talk about. Uh, head over to YouTube.com slash IGN Beyond. Please go subscribe. Go check out some of our Let's Plays. Uh, like we said, we just played a bunch of Assassin's Creed. There's also Evil Within 2. There's a uh, moment in... Shadow of I, War was the yeah. week before. Yeah, I've, got, I've got the whole rest of the year. Out. Evil Within 2 was Evil the one, the last one we put up. There's one in there that has a moment where... Andrew is mansplaining something. Andrew and I are talking about Nicolas Cage movies. <laughs> and from the, the camera mid- slowly zooms yeah. in on Alana. I was real proud of that. She's just complete. You edited that, right? Yeah. That is. I meant to text you. And then about I put that. Uh, that is so Hello good. Darkness, my old friend. In it is the, uh, so <laughs> the good. And you were just like, just so completely disconnected. It's just so funny. Well, Please go watch those videos because I'm editing them. I think of the joke that I'm going to edit in while it's happening and. So those those kind of things are really easy to do, and right. you guys kept saying "beat that meat" in that last point. Yeah, like, we kept put we this kept in chanting text. "beat that meat." Don't do that. Eat I that think meat. it had I don't know or why. eat that meat. It was eat that meat. Yeah. That's a de- very different, very okay, what very game, different. What game was this? It was the evil, evil within, within two. two. All right, we but really, s- I think these let's plays are super funny. Please check them out. Yeah, they're, they're a lot and, uh, of fun to make too. Also over there, we've got our usual segment, Rapid Fire, where we answer your questions. From the computer. Yep. Yeah. And if you want, and they're that. also the more ridiculous ones. We answer yeah. stuff that has nothing to do with video games, so we're mostly integrating, as you guys can tell, the video game uh, questions into the podcast. And head on over to Rapid my, to my channel, YouTube.com/slash/MummyUmWrapped. I'm doing six shows a week, just about that mummy. And if you want to know a thing we're going to be talking about this week on Rapid Fire, what do we have here? Chicken dinner chips. Oh, what, you didn't even pull out the one that makes the sense on the you show. You know what? You don't, don't have to listen to make on This one makes sense. Food. Oh, these are holiday ham flavored Humpty chips. Humpty Dumpty holiday ham flavored chips. Yeah, that got, looks fake. So basically, Rapid Fire now is ugly... just a long series of the ham episodes. Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, so if you're mad that we, if if you're just listening to the audio and you just hear silence and crinkling, well, I held up chips. That was it. Yep. So anyway, it was uh, very dramatic. You can find us all on Twitter. I'm Max Scoville. Alana's Charles Alanazard. Brian is Agent Bizzle, and Marty is McBiggity with two G's and two T's. Don't order that at a restaurant. They won't bring you any food. Not if you go to Arby's. Yeah. Uh, Try it out and let us know. Do, do it. That's. I guess that's the end of the show. Then we're gonna just All right. be on. What, what happened? We'll see you guys next week for no, Paris Games Week. I never know how to end these things. That was fine, but then you you were like, oh, I don't know how to end, and then it was that Can was I, the end. Should I weep? No. I said, no. Cheer. You, How about you cheer? You ju- yeah. Max, what you should do is chill. What? Chill. 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 We'll see you guys next week for Paris Games Week, and of course, for more content, check it out on YouTube.com/slash IGN Beyond. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Subscribe to IGN Prime and download the IGN. No, you went too far. You went too far. You had an ending and then you went too far again. It's like a man with chilling. No, beyond. Beyond. Oh, beyond. Beyond. Thanks, Dan. Are we Dan? (laughs) That's Dan's just going to end the show. (laughs) Shut up. All right. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing 
to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.